Good morning. Welcome to New Year's Day at Great Oaks. We're glad you're here. Um, this is not in the notes. This is a freebie. Uh, do you know where we get uh, the whole idea of uh, making New Year's resolutions from? Anyone? Dick Clark. Dick Clark. Been doing it for 40 years. Uh, not quite. Actually, older, older than that. Was that Carl? Yeah. All right. <laughs> older, older than that. It actually goes back to uh, Roman civilization, the Roman god Janus, uh, which is J-N-J-A-N-U-S, uh, which is where we get our January from. Uh, he was a two-headed god. He had two faces, one that looked behind him and one that looked ahead. And uh, at New Year's time in Roman culture, people would spend time looking back the last year and then looking ahead to what was to come. So uh, that's a freebie. That's not in the notes um, at all. So do with that what you will. Um, I just felt compelled to say that. I'm standing over there. I'm like, where resolutions? Where would we get that from? Um, I'm, I'm sure many of us have made resolutions, and they typically fall into a few categories. You know, save more money, get better, and you know, physically fit, and and uh, you know, work on relationships and things like that. Maybe educate yourself better. They all fall into those categories, right? So do what you will with resolutions. Um, I think every day should be a day that you're disciplined and you know, make resolutions towards God. Um, again, off notes. That's free. So. Have you ever had something in your life that you were so excited about, that you were so passionate about, that, that you couldn't not talk about it? I mean, that, that every chance you had, you, you injected into a conversation. I mean, it's something that you're just so excited about, and, and you can't wait for any opportunity, even if it doesn't fit into the conversation. You're, you're jumping into the conversation somehow with it. Um, my son Ethan, who's sitting in the front row over here, is 10 years old, a basketball fanatic, loves basketball, has hopes for the NBA career, and I have hopes of a great retirement. Um, <laughs> He, he is just passionate about basketball. Any chance he can get to talk about basketball, he's going to do it. I mean, he injects it into every conversation we have. And, and, and I'm not a sports nut, but he's like tracking people and players and stats, and he collects basketball cards and, and, and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, we'll be talking about something random, and he'll jump in. He's like, he's like hey, do you know that Kobe's got new shoes? Okay. That's relevant how, you know? We put him to bed, and a half hour later, and there's a knock on our door, and, and it's Ethan. He goes, hey, I just discovered I got a new Derrick Rose card. I didn't even know I had that. Aren't you supposed to be asleep? You know, I'm like, what is going on? And, and, and he and his friend Landon, um, they, they call each other more than middle school girls do. Um, they're, they're like talking, like every time we've gone on holiday now, Landon calls or Ethan calls, and they talk for like a half hour, 45 minutes about um, basketball and shoes and, and all this stuff. And, and you know, we're, we're driving up to, uh, to Karen's family for Christmas, and it's about a two and a half hour drive, not real far, and, and we're just talking and and I'm, I'm grilling Ethan on basketball plays for his basketball team. And, and I'm like, what do you do on a Butler 1? What do you do on a Line I 2? What do you do on, on a man-to-man offense when they call a 5? And, and he's like naming it. I mean, he knows everything he's supposed to do, what every other person on the team is supposed to do. I mean, he's just got this thing down. And Karen goes, Ethan, what's 9 times 7? Um, 52? <laughs> like, okay, we're going to need to work on the math. Um, but he's got basketball down, right? Uh, cars is another thing. I mean, he's, he's become passionate about cars and, and all the time it's like, Hey, there's a Mustang. There's a, you know, challenger. Dude, you see that car? It's sick. You know? And I'm like, okay, I drive a minivan. Um, <laughs> his, his dream is to one day own a Lamborghini or a Bugatti. So again, I hope the NBA career works out, son. I really do. Um, 
Maybe basketball and cars isn't your thing. Maybe it's another hobby or a sport. You know, you know that I've become a runner, and so if you want to talk about running, I'll talk about running. Maybe, maybe you um, or a family member are pregnant, you're expecting a child, and um, I got a text on Christmas from my first cousin out in California. They're, they're pregnant with their first child, and, and I left this party of like 30 people and ran outside, and I'm like, what? And so we talked, wow, what was that? Um, it was like a snort <laughs> on a microphone in front of a crowd. Good thing I don't get embarrassed easy. Um, you know, maybe it's a, a concert or an event that you went to or you got one coming up. And um, Ethan and I are going to Harlem Globetrotters in January. That was his Christmas present, you know. And we've got third row um, center court. And we're just excited about this. And I'm telling everybody we can about this. And the commercial came on last night. And I'm nudging Karen. I'm like, that's what we're going to. She's like, I know. I've heard about it, you know. Um, and maybe it's the latest technology. I mean, if, if Apple is coming out with something, Nate is going to tell us about it, right? I mean, he's going to not only tell us about it, but have it probably before it's released somehow. You know, he's worked this deal out. Um, maybe it's a, a family vacation that you, you've gone on and, and you're just so excited about. Maybe it's something that's coming up. And, and you, just any chance you have, do you know we're going to Disney World? Do you know we're going to, to Spain? Do you know we're going to do this? We're going to do that. Uh, just You're so excited about it. But you can't help talking about it. There's just certain things in your life that you're so passionate about that you can't help not talk about it. And, and really, all you have to do is go on Facebook to see what people are excited about, right? I mean, I've got friends on Facebook that are, that are passionate about quilting. Um, and in case you're listening, hi, Debbie. Um, she's out in the West Coast, uh, but she listens to our podcast. So, hi, Debbie. Glad you're a quilter. She wrote a book about quilting. I mean, you've got to be passionate when you write a book about quilting, Right? Um, I've got friends who are passionate about Tupperware and, and Pokemon and friends who are passionate about movies and all the new releases that are coming out. I mean, it, it does, it's not hard to discover what people are passionate about. For many people, get ready for it, Tim Tebow, yes, I just said that name, is one of those things that people are passionate about. Now, as soon as I say that name, a third of you go, yes, we're going to talk about Tim in church. A third of you went, seriously? We're going to talk about Tim in church? And the third of you went, who? What? What is going on? For those of you who don't know, Tim Tebow is becoming a household name. Uh, he's a quarterback for uh, the Denver Broncos. And uh, when Bill told me that I was preaching on this day and, and said, you have a free topic, talk whatever you want to talk about, right? So this is my disclaimer. Um, this has nothing to do with the series that is coming up. This is a standalone Sunday. Um, and, and like I said, I'm not a huge sports nut. Um, to talk to guys, I watch Sports Center in the morning and then fake it, right? So, like, I'll talk to a guy later. I'm like, dude, you see that dunk that LeBron did? That was awesome. I saw like two seconds of the game, but you know they don't need to know that. Um, so, Tebow is kind of this this strange phenomenon that I'm suddenly becoming interested in this person, and I'm asking myself why as well. And, and, and that's what I want to talk about today. So um, before you write any emails to me saying, why in the world is a preacher talking about Tim Tebow in church? Before you get up and leave, just hang in here, okay? See where I go with it, and then send the emails later today. Um, because here's what I see. When I read the Bible, I see story after story after story of how people connected with God and how people lived out their faith, sometimes in a very private manner, sometimes in a very public manner. And Tim Tebow is one of those people. And so I, I think that we can look at modern-day people as well and see how they're living out their faith and what we can learn about it. 
So today, I'm not going to talk about Tim Tebow as a football player, his, his stats. I don't know what those are. You know, I know that he's got some fourth quarter heroics, right? Um, I know that he won the Heisman Award his sophomore year of college at the University of Florida. Um, I know he was drafted in the first round in the 2010 draft, even though nobody thought he was going to go in the first round. I, I don't I want to talk about football per se. I want to talk about Tim and his faith. But for those of you that, that are football junkies or those of you who don't know who Tebow is, um, we, we've got some highlights here for you. And I know uh, Drake Edwards, you know, he's over there. He just adores Tim Tebow, right? He can't stand him. And, and so I, I went up to him before the service. I'm like, dude, I've got an entire sermon just for you today. So here's some highlights. Enjoy Tim Tebow. Here comes Tim Tebow. 15 nothing, Miami. The clock is running. Now we're talking about Tim Tebow time. Did he get hot? Pass caught. Marius Thomas, touchdown. 25 seconds to go. Tebow sets, throws. In for touchdown. Quarterback draw. Tebow's going to be in the end zone. And we are tied at 15. This is for the win. And it is good. So there's your highlights. You can say you went home, you went to this church, they showed football highlights on Sunday. So, um, again, don't, uh, please, after, after this morning, don't come talk to me about stats in football. I don't know. I don't know what option offense is. I don't know what a nickel defense is. I mean, I play Madden NFL, and I'm like, that sounds good. And like, I don't know what I'm doing. You know, so don't, I didn't play football. I don't know the sport. Don't come talk to me about it. I want to talk about Tebow. I want to talk about why he has become this, kind of polarizing figure. Why, when you say his name, immediately people react, whether positively or negatively. You know, what is it? Uh, and some of it will go back to the fact that he's vocal about his faith. Uh, he's a very passionate follower of Christ, and he's very vocal about that. In, in college, when he played for University of Florida, he had the, the eye black, and he had scripture in, inscribed on the eye black. And so, you know, you, the camera zooms in on the quarterback, and, and there they read, you know, Ephesians 2, 8 through 10, Philippians 4, 17, John 3, 16. I mean, he's just very vocal about it, about his faith. Um, when when uh, Sports Illustrated ran one of several articles on him, uh, one of them was called Man of Many Missions. And they talked about how um, he spends his time going to prisons and doing prison ministry and, and building homes and hospitals in the Philippines where his father's a missionary and, and, and all of these things that he does. And in fact, when, when he was in college at University of Florida, um, volunteerism, community service in the, in the, on the campus and in the community just exploded because of the example that he set of giving and giving, giving to other people. Um, many of you, if you know Tim Tebow, you know Tebowing. 
uh, which has just become another word for praying. And uh, we were talking in pre-service beforehand, and, and you know, it seems like he's, he's doing it all the time, and, and he's just doing it to draw attention to him. Really? Because he's on, the, he's on the, the, the mic with the producer saying, hey, put a camera on me, I'm about to pray, right? No, media has picked up on it. And so automatically we see him T-bowing all the time. And, and now it's become this kind of um, thing that we either mock him for as a culture or we love him for it. Um, but at the end of the day, he's brought prayer into the central mainstream of American culture. Um, critics have spoken out against him for sharing his faith uh, so publicly. Opponents have mocked him on the field. Um, he was sacked shortly after in, in one game, and, and the guys that sacked him knelt down into this T-bowing praise on the field right, right next to him as he's laying on the ground. And they just openly mocked him and mocked his faith. And, and it says something about our culture in America uh, where nobody got upset about that. The, the media, culture, even Christians, you know, we, we didn't get upset about it. We just let it go. There was a fascinating CNN article about it. And he said, imagine if Tebow was Islamic. And they, they, they sacked him and then they made fun of, of Islam. The firestorm that would happen in our culture and our media today. But it's become culturally acceptable to mock Christianity. And we do nothing about it. We don't speak out against it. He's become this polarizing figure in sports and in media. And, and people either love him or they hate him. And many of the people that hate him don't even know why they hate him. They just know that culture says we're supposed to not like this guy. Um, this guy wrote a book called The Tebow Mystique that I read in preparation for this morning. and uh, His name was Patton Dodd. And he says this, Your feelings about Tim can be seen as a litmus test of your political and social identity. Uh, you think he's bound to be a winner in spite of his unproven ability? You may be a naive evangelical. Uh, you're questioning his, his chances as an NFL quarterback. You must hate people who love Jesus. Uh, Tim is, for whatever reason, got all of these people riled up. And I want to know why. Why do people love him? Why do people hate him? And I think, as I've kind of explored this this last week or so, I think I have some answers for that. Because the question I'm asking is, what makes Tebow so different from everybody else? Because there are other Christian athletes who are more outspoken, believe it or not. The media just doesn't show it. There are more um, Christian athletes who, who do more flamboyant things uh, for Christ than what Tebow does. Um, there, there's soccer players that, that cross themselves before they do a penalty kick. Uh, there's baseball players who inscribe scriptures on their, their baseball bats and, and, and just, you know, they think that's what's giving them the home run. Uh, there's people, Christian athletes, that are, that are more passionate or more vocal about their faith. So why Tim Tebow? Every, every team, NFL team, has a chaplain. Every NFL team has prayer meetings, you know, on Sunday mornings. They have worship services on Sunday mornings. Every NFL game ends with players from both sides of the field meeting in the middle to pray. And yet the media doesn't focus on that, but we focus on Tim Tebow. Why? What makes him so different? I think there's two things. That I, this is my own kind of observation. Um, number one, Tim actually puts God first in his life, even over football and fame. Uh, for those of you who don't know his background, he was raised in a, a very strong, devout Christian family. His father's a missionary in the Philippines. He was homeschooled as a kid, went to a, a Nice high school, um, was a standout player there. But all through his entire childhood and high school career and college career, he was involved in these things where he went to prisons and where he, he served in, in other foreign countries and he did mission trips and he did evangelistic outings. And, and he inspired people to do likewise. In fact, Urban Myers, the head football coach at the University of Florida when he was there, went on a missions trip because he realized that his star quarterback was going to serve people in another country while Urban was on vacation sitting on a cruise ship. And so Urban Meyer went with him one year on a missions trip. Uh, Tim just kind of inspired. He lived that out. I, I think really one of the primary things that set Tim apart 
that showed that he loves God more than football and more than anything else was when he did the, the pro-life commercial during Super Bowl. When he and his mom uh, stood in front of the world and said, abortion is wrong. And they stood up and they said, we almost lost Timmy. We, we were told to abort Timmy and we chose not to. And it was a, a very quick 30-second commercial that Focus on the Family uh, produced, showed during Super Bowl one of the, the most watched moments on TV. And I think, honestly, that moment is when Tim became a polarizing figure. Because it's okay to be a, a nominal Christian. It's okay to be a Christian in, in sports. It's okay to be a Christian who, who has foundations and, and who lives out their faith in, in unique ways. But as soon as you cross that line and you speak out on something that is so polarizing as abortion, you set yourself apart. You put a mark on your head, and the media is going to start tracking that. See, I think Tim is not an NFL player who happens to be a Christian. I think he's a Christian who happens to be an NFL player, and there's a big difference there. Uh, He was asked after the the Dolphins um, win. Uh, They had a 15-point come from behind win in the last five minutes. Uh, First time this happened since 1970 when some merger happened in NFL. Again, I don't know what NFL. Um, Somebody out there is going, well, duh, it was this and this and that. I don't, I don't, okay, whatever. So a reporter comes up to him. You know, he scores 15 points in five minutes, come back and win. And the reporter comes up to him and he asks him if this was the best expression of a Christian athlete to find victory in the face of certain defeat. I mean, when you think about the, the followers of Christ, uh, their Lord and Savior, uh, the person they've been following is crucified and buried in a tomb, and they're left going, what in the world just happened? And then Christ rises from the dead and they become victorious and victory in the face of certain defeat. So I understand the reporter's question, but I love Tebow's response. He says, you know, at the end of the day, it's just a game. So more than anything, my faith plays a part in that I know that there are more important things in winning that game. Uh, Like Garrett, the kid we were with and had dreams come true today. Uh, The kid that I was spending time with before the game, he's more important. Uh, Putting that smile on his face, that's more important than winning the game. And I think that's the perspective that my faith gives me. And so i got to ask us, what would it be like if we were a little more like Tebow? What if, what if instead of being corporate executives who happen to be Christians, we were Christians who happen to be corporate executives? What if instead of being homemakers who happen to be Christian, we were Christians who happen to be homemakers? Instead of being students who happen to be Christian, we were Christians first who happen to be students second. You see... Tebow puts Christ first, everything else second. Love the Lord your God with all your heart. He lives that out. Uh, Seek first the kingdom of God. He lives that out. Uh, Sacrifice, deny yourself, carry the cross every day. He lives that out. He puts his faith first, even before his football career. And and I think people don't know what to do with that. They don't know what to do with a guy who is so good at football, but says, you know what, that's less important than my relationship with Christ. And there's many of us in this room that are like that. We're really good at things. And and when people look at our lives, that's what they see. They don't see Christ. And we've got to flip that around. Uh, They've got to see us be so good at our relationship with Christ that we happen to be good at this. Christ first, everything else second. I think secondly, he views his primary purpose on earth is not to win football games. All football fans, especially the Bronco fans, uh, you know, Barnes family. (laughs) All three wearing um, uh, Tebow, not color. Uh, wearing Tebow uh, jerseys today. Uh, He views his primary purpose is not to win football games, but to point people towards Christ, to make a difference in the world, Uh, to use any avenue, any opportunity, any situation where he can point people towards Christ. Uh, In his own biography called Through My Eyes, uh, he wrote this, 
I've learned that, though God is in control of the big picture, I am responsible for how I use my platform, whatever its size, at this moment in time, to influence others, whatever my age, wherever I am, no matter what is going on in my life at any time. I have a platform that he can use for his good purposes and perhaps even the good of others today. We all have stories to share. We all have life experiences that can bless the lives of others. Whoever we are, wherever we find ourselves, whatever we're involved in, no matter our age or station in life, stories that, when shared with others, can make a positive difference in the world. When I read that, and and I looked at kind of what what Tebow does and how often he shares his faith, I, I thought of the passage in Deuteronomy 6 which is called the Shema. And it's very famous scripture for Jews, uh, something they would recite every day. Um, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. And these commandments that I give you today are to be upon your hearts. Impress them on your children. And this is where I thought about Tebow. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk, walk along the road, and when you lie down and when you get up. And tie them as symbols on your hands or eye black um, and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. Um, see, I think Tebow lives that out. Everywhere he goes, he's thinking about Christ and how he can inject Christ into the conversation. Uh, and whether it be in the locker room or in, in a post-game interview or whether it be in the prison ministry or in the Philippines where he's building a hospital and doing street evangelism, he's talking about Christ. And people don't know what to do with that. In fact, Jake Plummer, who was a former Broncos quarterback, uh, said this famously, We get it, Tim. You love Jesus. Now go play football. Right? I mean, people are just sick of hearing about Jesus. And I love Tebow's response. He says, When I get married, I'm not going to tell my wife I love her only once, right? He says, I'm going to tell her every day and every chance I get. And you know that somebody has struck a chord when Saturday Night Live mocks them. Right? I mean, it's the job of Saturday Night Live to take what culture is talking about and to parody in some way. And so they did a skit where where Jesus shows up in the Broncos locker room after the game. And and Tim is just so excited to see Jesus. And Jesus goes, Tim, I get it. You love me. Calm down a little bit, okay? And for those that do follow football, he says, you know, um, I'm going to stop showing up in the fourth quarter. So all the football fans get that. Last, I guess it was two weeks ago. I'm meeting with a group of youth pastors um, over the blend, and, and, and we talk about Tim Tebow. It came up in conversation. And one of the guys says, you know, I thought of this passage today when it comes to Tebow, Jeremiah 20, verse 9. Uh, Jeremiah says, if I say, I will not mention him or speak any more in his name, his word is in my heart like a fire, a fire shut up in my bones. I'm weary of holding it in. Indeed, I cannot. For those of you who don't know the background of the Old Testament prophet Jeremiah, uh, he, he prophesied um, about the coming of Babylon and the invasion, and, and he prophesied against the king and, and against the nation and all this stuff, and he was just told time after time after time. He was arrested and he was beat down and all this stuff. He said, stop talking about all this. And he said, I can't. I can't not talk about this. No matter what pressure, no matter what persecution, I can't not talk about God. And so again, I ask us, what if we were a little more like Tebow? What if we looked for any opportunity to share Christ with others? Uh, to find ways to point people towards the God that we worshipped. Uh, to inject Christ or, or scriptures or our relationship with God or our church into every conversation we have. Uh, what if we realized that we have a responsibility to make this world a better place? Uh, to spend our free time, our summer vacations, serving others. To use our time to make others' lives better. What if we, what if we actually lived that out? Yeah, one of the, the funny signs you see now in stands is WWTD, what would Tebow do? 
And, and, you know, it's WWJD. We all know that. But it's actually a pretty good question. 1 Corinthians 11, verse 1, Paul says, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. Uh, Paul could have had a sign in, as he's traveling around as missionary as WWPD. What would Paul do? Because what Paul did is what Christ did. And, and I think it, at some level what Tebow is doing is what Christ would do. And as I think about my kid who wants to be in the NBA, who follows sports basketball players um, like crazy, who do I want him looking up to as a role model in sports today? Well, I'm looking up to, to somebody who sells drugs. All the Bears fans just went, mm. Do we want somebody that, that kills dogs? All the Eagles fans went, Ugh. Do we want somebody who sleeps around, who can't have a marriage last more than a couple weeks? Or I want my son to follow somebody who's passionate about Christ, who lives for him, who's vocal about his faith, who understands that, that he, he's got a platform right now to speak for Christ, to be an evangelist, to be a preacher and a quarterback at the same time. Somebody who, who lives out values that I want my son to live out, who spends his time serving others and making their lives better, who influences other people for Christ. That's who I want my son following. See, there aren't many people better than Tebow for my son to follow. And so what would Tebow do? I'll ask myself that question. Absolutely. See, at the end of the day, God doesn't care about football, although he is a Bears fan. Just throwing that out there. Greg Easterbrook writes this, God does not care who wins football games, or if God does, we're in even worse trouble than we think. God doesn't care about football. God cares about people. He cares about us as Christians being passionate about him and about our faith. He, he's, he cares about people who are far from God. And he calls us to be ambassadors for Christ in this world, to share our faith with those who don't know him. And the question is, how well are we carrying the name of Jesus? Why is everyone riled up over Tim Tebow? Simple. He is what we should be. He's doing what we should do. He's a young man with exemplary character who's passionate about God, who's willing to stand up for what he believes, no matter the firestorm that's going to come. And he's passionate about reaching those who are far from God. Those are traits that I think we could all learn from Tim Tebow. So Tim Tebow in church, forgive me if you don't like Tim, but please understand my heart in this. It's a guy that's in mainstream culture right now that we can learn a lot from. And, and, and he's going to fail. And he's already failed on the football field. I mean, we know that. That's, but he's going to fail in life at some point. He's going to make a mistake. He's going to mess up morally, ethically, spiritually, somehow, somewhere. Maybe he already has. And the, and the media is going to grab onto that and just explode it. And the reality is we're all going to fail. We're all imperfect. We're all human. But that doesn't stop us from being who God calls us to be and sharing what God calls us to share and living what God calls us to live. So my prayer is that you can learn from Tim Tebow. You can learn from any other Christian athlete. You can learn from Christian businessmen and women. You can learn from Christian moms and dads. 
uh, Christian daycare workers, Christian garbage men, Christian um, whatever. Find people in your life who live out the faith. Learn from them and apply it in your life. As we think about the new year ahead of us, I think that's a pretty good resolution to have. Right? Let's pray. Thank you for listening to Great Oaks Community Church's weekly podcast. For more series and podcast information, go to greatoakscc.org.